Just you know how like Eric and that do his cold opens. Yeah. You know, I just gotta send this to all my buddies. Yeah, but we're not Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. We can't just Yeah, do that. we're you're better than them. We're don't say uh, hey man, I didn't say that. If they're listening, I didn't say that. Welcome to another episode of the Two on One Podcast with Adam and Alex. Alex, we are back. Hi, Adam. Hey, Alex. What are you doing? Um, I have the television on, and I got the 30-day trial to the zone, so just to see what it's like. Ah, well, I'm just texting my mom to tell her that the sausage rolls are ready, because uh, we were having some of those for lunch earlier. I thought you were telling her the HFR is up. Uh, I sent her the text of it. I sent everyone a link that I know to go watch it. Speaking of, if you're listening to this podcast, why don't, by the time you hear it, the new HFR will be up, so why don't why you not? pause? Why, why not? <laughs> why, why don't you pause this, listen to the HFR, it's less than, I think it's less than six minutes long, and then come back. But why anyway, not? Alex, why, why not? not? It's just so fun to yell. But Alex, you know how we start off this show. It's the Power Hour. Yeah, it is the Power Hour. And I have two, I guess I should give two shout-outs. Shout-outs. First, congratulations to Masayu Jiri, who was named the most influential Canadian of 2019. I mean, he did win a championship with the Toronto Raptors. And who saw that? coming he's he's okay he's okay yeah Uh, he's okay the second one i think we should give a huge congratulations to tennis canada for reaching the finals of the davis cup for the first time ever with two extremely young guys in Denis Shapovalov and Felix Ojeali-Asim and Vasek pa- pa- oh my god Pospisil I'm sorry if I messed that up uh, so but they lost to Spain which is fair you know they got the best tennis player in the world in uh, Wait, Rafael that, Nadal is it okay Nadal I didn't know if it was him or Federer who was uh... no it's Nadal okay but those are my two shout outs for the week all right, yeah, tennis. I saw some stuff about the um, about the Shapovalov and that those guys just killing it. Uh, I don't know a lot about tennis, but uh, I told you Shapovalov isn't the winner because he's not won anything, and I continue to be right. Anyway, though, Alex, you know I live by a code. Do you know what that code is? Yes, I do. Well, Alex, I'm only doing this for the rest of November because, of course, it is hockey fights cancer, and we love to say here at the Two and One Podcast, F- cancer. Of course, Alex. I have had uh, I've had two people that I have known who have you know unfortunately uh, lost their battle. Uh, a teacher I once had, and a mother of a really good friend of mine. So uh, of course, had, uh, the Habs had their celebration on Saturday, and uh, I, I went to the game. Right, and uh, while I was there, I got a hockey fights cancer baseball cap, and uh, and that. So it so was. Um, is that the hat you're going to be wearing for the next couple months? I think I'm just going to wear it, period, from now on. Because A, it's a good-looking hat, and B, it's a great cause. Yeah. 
Is it a nice looking hat? I haven't seen it. Uh, you know what? It, it's, it's a, a gray and purple, or like it's a lilac and silver, because we're fancy. It's a really good color combination, but... Um, the league, all their hockey fight cancer stuff looks really, really nice. But anyway, if you're listening to this, let's say you have a few dollars. Um, uh, I want you to go look up a char- charity called Megan's Walk. What you want to do, what I want you to do is, I need you to donate to that charity. Uh, it's a really good one. It's based in Toronto. And, uh, it, it's one near and dear to my heart and that of my friends. So what you want to go do is, uh, is do that. It's, uh... It's a really good cause. Go look at all the stuff. They do this like yearly event where they do the world's biggest hug. It's a really fantastic thing. So everyone, uh, go check them out. Do it now. Why not? I'll throw it down in the description. Of course. Uh, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you know what's next on the Power Hour? Uh, it's some really, really good news. TJ Brody's back practicing and all that after, of course, had a seizure in practice not long ago. Well, he was just taken off the IR, and there were uh, reports that he could come back soon. So that's good for the Flames because they're not having too much fun right now. But it's really good to see uh, TJ Brody back on the ice and playing. Now, <laughs> the Calgary Flames just just got off a six-game losing streak. Where they couldn't score a goal. They just beat Philadelphia on the weekend in shootout. And they play the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. So my question for you is, what is next for the Calgary Flames? Are you asking the audience or me? No, you. You, I'm asking you. Uh, You know what I heard the other day in Hockey Central that uh, I thought was a really good piece of, of lip from Jeff Merrick and it applies to the Flames and the Hat Country all Canadians who we're going to talk about later but it's uh you know you're going into a slump when you start losing games you should win and you're getting out of one when you start winning games you probably shouldn't win so I think that's what's going on I think TJ Brody's going to give some real life to that team seeing that he's back he's he's getting healthier every day so and they're a team that they're just are too good and i'll tell you what i don't see happening is they are not trading johnny goudreau yeah so i had a potential trade uh like any income did you think there's gonna be any incoming trade but uh johnny goudreau was not a player i actually had on the list now there there's reports or there have been reports of players who have been on the trade block, uh, like Michael Frolik or Mark Jankowski or Oliver Shillington. Um, do you think any of those players could potentially be moved? Or do you think the Calgary Flames are just going to try to ride this out with the team they have? Uh, well, you know what's interesting, Alex? I swear every year we hear about Mikael Frolik being on the block. It's nothing new. So, I mean, just quickly looking at his deal so I can make sure I, I'm not going to sound like a silly boy here. He's finally in the last year. He's making 4.3. They're going to have to take some salary on that. I mean, he's a, he's at best a third liner. I mean, who wants to pick him up for that amount of money? I find them honestly looking at any of those guys, whether it's Jankowski, whether it's Killington, I can't, you need to hang on to, hang on to them. If, if things are still going bad and trade deadline time then you do it but i just don't think right now when your stars aren't playing their best i don't think it's the best idea to trade your death pieces okay so 
if you don't think a trade is coming, could we possibly see Bill Peters fired? See, Alex, you know what's really interesting? Uh, me and you made some suggestions about where Mike Babcock could go. And we will talk about him later, won't we? But, yes, we um, but what's really interesting is is a lot of peop- other real media people, I should say, were making the same argument that he could either go to Seattle or to Calgary. And I, like you, I don't believe in Bill Peters. I'd be surprised if he's still there by January if they don't pick it up. So I, I could see it more being likely that they may, they fire Bill Peters rather than trade a significant player like a, a Froelich or a Killington, in my opinion. Okay, so I'm going to steal something from the uh, Steve Dangle podcast because I was Ooh. listening to it. The Steve Dangle podcast. Never heard of them. Oh, great. Here we go. Um, okay, so let's say they fire... They fire Bill Peters. Who do they bring in? So just out of curiosity, was this on the last episode of the Dangle Pod? Or yeah, the, the newest half? one. No, I have the not, newest one. Well, I haven't listened to it yet, so that's this is good. I can make some guesses here. Uh, I mean, Mike is the go-to guy. Okay, so Mike Babcock's obviously the go-to guy. But you're not... Okay, Mike Babcock is not going to be your interim head coach. He's not that's not he's not going to say yes to that. I cannot see a world where Mike Babcock says, "Sure, I'll ride out with the ride out with the team for the rest of the year." If you go to Mike Babcock, you have to be sure that like you're going to sign him to a deal, like multi-year. Right? Yeah. So you you're not bringing in Mike, you have to be 1000% sure with Mike Babcock. And we're going to get to it later, but do you think Calgary? Do you think Calgary would work with Mike Babcock? I, I the way I look at Calgary and how they tried to incorporate Lucic and some other guys there, I wouldn't be surprised. I I think Babcock would like the Flames because they're a team that has toughness along with skill. So I just I really think he would like it there. And Bill Peters only is two, after this year another year on his deal, so it wouldn't be the worst thing to fire him and pay the money to Babcock. But I, I another fact would be how much MLSE want the payment to be divided because of course there's some shenanigans of firing your head coach. But I, if I'm Calgary, I mean, and if you file fire Bill Peters, who else is there though? That's the problem. I don't, I've never heard anything about their assistance or. Who like the, like the Hitman? Oh, sorry, the Stockton he'd have as a, as a coach. So, and uh, it's it's not like Vegas are gonna go give up um, their prominent coach in the AHL. Montreal are gonna give up Yoel Bouchard. Sheldon Keefe's just gotten the job. So I just I don't know any other hot coaching prospects out there. Okay, could they potentially because could they potentially bring in someone like Mike? I'm um, not Mike. Mark Crawford. Just for so let's say they fire they fire Bill Peters, and they just need someone to go to the end of the year. Could they bring in someone who's willing to do that, like a Mark Crawford? Would that be beneficial? Like, would that be beneficial to the team at all? Uh you know what, man? With, with Crawford, he's not a head coach anymore, is he? It's I I just don't see. I think if you're bringing a guy like Crawford, even if it's for the year, then you've got to be sure that. That's it. 
I don't I don't see Mark Crawford as a guy that's leading you back to the playoffs and on a deep run. So either you don't fire Bill Peters or you fire Bill Peters and bring in a coach and sign him to a multi-year deal. I would I would say so. Or think- they pick it or 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 Johnny Gujo and Sean Monahan pick it up like what's happening in Toronto and we forget all about it. Right. But yeah. yeah. We should have made this a segment. That's okay. Well, I guess anything else to say on Calgary? Do you want to keep her going here? Not, not particularly. All right. Well, Dustin Bufflin and the NHLPA have filed a grievance for his suspension, Alex. Uh, some more little sprinkles of stuff have come up about the Dustin Bufflin situation. Yeah. I, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot new. Like we saw the we saw the this grievance coming. I I. I I really think at this point, I don't think Dustin Bufflin is going to play for the Winnipeg Jets. I I would agree. I think at this point, it's, it's it's gone too far. I was skeptical even as soon as this this whole all these shenanigans, I'll call them shenanigans, went down. I was very skeptical of what was going to happen, but now I really think that. It's just it doesn't seem like he's going to play another game for the Winnipeg Jets, and I I want to see what happens. It, it's it would be it would be a Christmas miracle. The reason I say Christmas is because I was getting this article up about Buffalo, and for some reason some turkey showed up. I should have made an American Thanksgiving joke, but I mistimed that. But anyway, it's really interesting, Alex, to me that this is somehow turned away from Buffalo versus the Jets into the league of the PA and how this exit physical that every player gets is going to be a big issue with the CBA. Not what we thought would come of this, eh? I I don't think at the start when uh, we found out about this whole, about his him retiring, I don't think anyone thought this would be what we would be talking about. But I, but they're right. It, it's very important that that this exit physical is protected because it saves. It, just, it there's a lot of business <laughs> that I don't understand that's going on there. But it's my understanding is this exit physical is quite important for the league. So like a shield for lawsuits, basically. Yeah. So. We're gonna see, especially. I mean, we know there's a, there isn't gonna be a, a lockout. I think it would have been next season or two yes. years from now. But I feel like this is something they're gonna have to discuss. And Alex, everyone said there wouldn't be a lockout because, well, you know what? There's not a big enough issue. But if this uh, if this case with Buffalo goes ugly, then it might be. But anyway, tomorrow. We're going to talk about some comebacks here because this is the year of no lead to say the Florida Panthers come back a second four goal uh, deficit this season within the nine, last nine days. You have so helpfully put out of this. Uh, here come the Panthers second in the Atlantic division. Like it's nothing. What do you make of the Panthers? Well, we talk about the Panthers and their goaltending. That's what we've been saying. It comes down to. 
both goalies are st- still have a save percentage of under 900. I don't know what it is. Even like I I don't understand. Like it's like they're they're outscoring their problems. That's what's going on here. They have to be. They are 1000% outscoring their problems. They have a full uh, full percentage above the average shot percentage. They have a 10.3 shooting percentage. The league average, 9.3. So I don't know what to make of the Florida Panthers because what happens when these players stop outscoring their problems? They begin to lose games. Here's what I'm going to say to you right now is you say about when these players stop scoring. Well, I'm going to going to tell you some 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 stuff. Jonathan Huberto is not going to stop scoring. Alexander Barkov is not going to stop scoring. Evgeny Dodonov will not stop scoring. Keith Yandel is not. Mac, Mike Hoffman is on a contract year. So is Dodonov, actually. They're not going to stop. Ekblad looks like he's finally turning into the player he was supposed to be. He is not going to stop. But it's after those guys. It gets a little concerning, I'd say. But they have the star players, and they have they have probably one of the best two-way players in the league in Sasha Barkov. So, I mean, a guy who defensively, say, if he's on the Bergeron's level, but for sure, offensively, he's better than him. I think we can say so. I, it's so going to ride not worried on those guys' shoulders. So you're not worried about the Florida Panthers? I am... I, I wouldn't say I'm not worried. I see where it could go right for them, and I also see where it could go wrong. But let's be honest. There's a team they're going to be fighting for that has not been playing very well and is giving the Panthers a bit of a cushion. Yeah. Well, so there's I, two two teams. Yes. And I'm, I'm looking at uh, – I'm looking, yes, right now at uh, Sergei Bobrovsky's numbers. Yeah. Yeah, no. His save percentage is 888. My God! So I, I don't know what what they have to do about that uh, because that's important. No, because you have to wait no, a year you... because Bobrovsky's on his bad year. Oh yes, yes, Bobrovsky's on his bad year, which means ne- what what happens next year when Huberdo and Barkov are one year older and oh, Ekblad's another year older. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on, a they're gonna rip up eh. the league. Aaron, okay, I thought you were saying they were getting older. Like, no, no, no. Excuse me? No, no, no. I'm saying they're going to kill it. If Verbowski puts up goaltend, like, league average goaltending. Could, let me throw this out there. Are the Panthers basically the Sharks but a decade younger? Maybe. Maybe. Alex, I care about the Panthers, but you know who I don't care about? Uh, tell me. Uh, uh, the Spangler Cup and anyone who plays for it. They, <laughs> Craig, Craig McTavish is going to be the coach for Team Canada. Um, Montreal Canadiens, I like work. Someone who sometimes works for the happen. Sean Burke is going to go there. Sean Burke, the guy who completely ripped apart. Uh, the guy who did the big Minnesota, um, the big Minnesota Wild expose just because he wouldn't tell who his sources, what he, sources were. That was Michael Russo of the Athletic, of course. 
But yeah, Craig McTavish, who got fired from the KHL not long ago, is after there. eight games. After eight games, I mean, the Spangler Cup is so weird because it's just full of a bunch of random sounding teams in Canada. Yeah, I I don't I've I don't think I've ever watched the Spangler Cup. Spangler Cup. No. But it has been on TV. But I, I thought it was funny that Craig McTavish is going to go coach. I didn't even know it was on. No, I think it's Zoom. Yeah, Craig McTavish, noted Edmonton Oilers former head coach. Remember how that went? Wasn't he the head coach or like part of that group when they drafted McDavid and he was like, okay, bye. I thought he was in management. Oh, God. You know what? Knowing the Oilers, he was all of the above. Probably. He He was coach and general manager. So we don't have it here on the Power Hour, but the Oilers are currently first in the West, I believe. Uh, which is, uh, I'm just uh, looking real stupid. That's what's we, going on. We all were. But ladies oh, and gentlemen, God. may I present to you Connor McDavid. Tell me how many points he has. Well, Alex, uh, give me a moment because... Uh, it's okay. I, I have it. I have it. Okay, good, because I just had the regular standings up. Yeah, how many points does he have? 18 goals. Okay. 29 assists for In 47 how many points. Games? 26. Oh, he's dumb. He's really good. 47 points in 26 games. I'm going to say... I don't want to give credit to Ken Holland because he hasn't really done anything except bring in their head coach. So the only credit I'm going to give the Edmonton Oilers is congratulations. You've finally done it. you figured out how to win. You play... McDavid, Dreisaitl, and um, young Ryan Nugent Hopkins into the ground, and you hope for goaltending. You <laughs> and know they what were the, lucky that, enough to get it. McDavid isn't even the best part. Dave Tippett, that's their head coach. His name Leon, Leon Dreisaitl, 48, 48 points, 26 games played. That's dumb. You know who has the third most points on the Edmonton Oilers? And this is going to make you laugh. Is it... Uh, um, uh, <laughs> is it uh, my boy, Oscar Clefbaum? No, no. It, oh, he's it, tied for third. He's tied for third. Hey, I'll take a half point. Um, don't tell me it's Zach Cassian. Zach Cassian. No, you're no, you're no. Stop it. I'm looking up his numbers. I don't believe you. Eight goals, ten assists. Do you know what line he plays on? He plays on Connors, doesn't he? He plays on Connor McDavid's line. Oh my God! I that's okay. I'm not. No, I'm no, 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 no. He's in no. a con. He's in. So he's in a contract year. Yeah. No. If 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 if. <laughs> what? No. I, if Pat Maroon doesn't get no, no, we're not that dumb. We see what's going on here. Adam, and if you want to talk, no, I refuse. Adam, he's about to. He's about to get, have a career year. Yeah, and then he'll get fought. No, no, no. How no. many? How much money does he get in the summer? Uh, six million times five by the no, Calgary Flames. He gets the Miko Koskinen deal. Three years oh at four God. and a half million. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, the Edmonton Oilers are going to overpay this man, and I'm hey. just going to be sitting here laughing. And then we're going to think they're going to be on the decline, and then Connor McDavid will happen. But we talk about how dumb Conor McDavid is. 
Let's talk about how silly and dumb that player safety may be. Oh, Adam, can so, I can I can I start this one? Yeah, go ahead, dude. Okay, so I don't know if you've seen uh, the Robert Bertuzzo hit. I don't, it's not even a hit. It's not even a hit. It's it not even a hit. It's intense, a cross check. Intent to hurt. Intent to hurt. He cross-checked Victor Arvidsson once. Went fake. He went face for Arvidsson. Went face first into the crossbar. Bertuzzo looked back at the ref and saw he got a penalty. He knew he was getting a penalty. He made the gesture like, "What the hell?" He then followed this with a dangerous cross check to an area that's number one not protected and number two is filled with a bunch of organs. He had a hearing yesterday. Over the phone. Over the phone. Four games. Four games. And he's out for how long, by the way? Is Victor Victor Arvinson is out for four to six weeks. I don't understand. Time and time again. Listen, Adam, I was I was ready to write the letter. Remember how we were talking about we're writing letters? Uh, I should be writing letters for special occasions? Yes. I was thinking about writing a letter for this. But then I realized the stupidity that goes on in the Department of Player Safety every week. I could just reread the same letter and replace the names. How is it you give someone three games for spitting, which is disgusting, which is disgusting. You should not spit in another person or player player's face. You shouldn't spit on people, period. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't spit on people, period. How is it that you look at that hit and say, I, we should only get, give them four games? Get your head out of your ass. Start calling stuff correctly. I don't. I want to see you calling stuff correctly more than once every five times, right? Today they also suspended Alex Kerfoot, which I'm gonna get to later, which I thought was a perfectly fine suspension. But it's not the smaller suspensions that they're getting wrong. It's when a guy cross checks him once, gets a penalty, then goes after him again. You're telling me that there was no intent to injure? Oh, no. How on earth? (laughs) Get your head out of your ass. Figure this out. Oh, boy. It's really funny that the Leafs are good again, that there's like you have to find something else to yell about. And, I mean, there's nothing better to yell about than player safety because... I don't know. When the Leafs were... I know, but before... Like, when the Leafs were okay, I was yelling about the Department of Player Safety. I could yell about this stuff once a week. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't get what 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 they're trying to do here. It's obvious. Okay, do you know the the top four leagues in North America, or what they call the Big Four? Are the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, and uh, I, I don't want to say the NHL, but it's like the NHL it's with the an NHL. asterisk. It's with the NHL. Very big asterisk. It's the no. It's the NHL. You know where they rank in those four leagues? They're four. The effing bottom. Want to know why? Because no one knows what they're doing. You're not wrong. Look at okay. Let's talk about the ba- the other four leagues, the other three leagues: basketball, football, 
and uh, baseball. With the exception of football, most of these sports don't have a lot of contact. I don't even know if I myself have ever even have ever seen a basketball suspension. When you get into a fight in any other sport, you get a suspension, but not in the NHL because it's hockey culture. That's why they're losing viewers. This is why hockey is number four on that list because no one anymore is watching hockey for the fighting. No one. Except all these, all these pe- people of the past who are saying, it's hockey culture. We have to let them fight. No, you don't. Half these people, like, there's brain injuries. This is science. It's no more that it's me and me and you talking about, oh, fighting, we don't like fighting. There's literally proof saying fighting is bad, hits to the head are bad, hits to certain areas of the body are bad, yet when something happens in a game, no one does anything. I had to take off my headphones for a second there. <laughs> um, no, you're not wrong, Alex. It's 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 primitive, is what it is. It's stupid. It's actual stupidity. Well, um, uh, you want to move on to something that's a little funny? Sure. All right. So I saw this on on Twitter and IG. I'm gonna get the picture up very quickly. Hopefully, my phone doesn't die because I just realized I'm at two percent. Anyway, there's a uh, a gentleman who is in the KHL, and his last name is Gretzky. Yeah, I saw that this week. And uh, you're damn right he's wearing number 99. Of course, he has to. He's not retired there. And um, uh, just jokes. You know if he did it over over here, he would get, uh, he would get killed for it. Oh, like, it'd be would- the biggest deal in the world. Remember, was it uh, Josh Hosang? He was wearing Mario Lemieux's number, and everyone got in a hissy fit about it. Yeah, William Nylander changed to number eighty-eight, and everyone lost their mind because Eric Lindros played with number eighty-eight for like thirty games. Didn't yeah? Didn't even. I don't uh, even uh, Andre Vasilevsky did some stuff. The wins yeah. record for Tampa. One hundred and thirty-two. He did That's it awesome. in two. He did it two hundred and twenty-two games. That's dumb. He has a contract extension at nine and a half million for the next eight years, and it starts next year. I hate oh. Tampa. They're, they're still. I'm still waiting for them. By the way, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not counting them out yet. No, I'm not counting them out either. They're also like five games behind Toronto in games played, so I don't know what everyone's freaking out about here. Uh, it took a while, but Nick Backstrom and the Washington Capitals have finally started co- uh, talking contract extensions. Yeah, without an agent. Well, you know what? If I'm Nick Backstrom, I'm okay with that. The Caps aren't going to screw me over, and even if they do, I'm going to get all the money for agency. What do you think a, a deal between the Caps and Backstrom looks like? He definitely takes a, a discount. Compared to what he could get on the free market, on the open market... I think he get he does not get that much. Okay, what does he get on the open market, Adam? Uh, Backstrom, uh, yeah. at least at least ten in the open market, without a question. Okay, how much does he make now? He makes six point seven. So he's gonna get like nine million <laughs> from the caps. Which, 
Which, by the way, uh, six point seven for that guy over the past few years. Uh, wow, that's a good that's a, deal. That's a steal. Yeah, man, he's not. If he if he make if he hits open market, he'll get ten million dollars. But we do have to remember here, Alex. Uh, the Capitals don't have a lot of money, and they've got to re-sign him and Holpe. That's the big problem here. I bet they sign both of them with ease. Uh, we will see. There's a lot going on. They have a winning culture. I'm just saying. They won one Stanley Cup. Yeah. A lot more than any of the damn Canadians have done for the past 20 years. Uh, 25, 26. Do you mean Canadian teams? Yes. Okay, good. I was going to say. So, Alex, I'm going. Can you please get up John Tavares' numbers for me? Oh, my God. I will get get up John Tavares' number for you. All right, good. You get that up, and I will get up. The numbers of one Chris Kunitz because I am here and I am confident that our boy at this moment in time, Chris Kunitz has a better claim to the Hall of Fame than John Tavares. Adam, we had this discussion if you should make the Hall of Fame and you said no. No, 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 no. Okay, how go? I already know Chris Kunitz's numbers, but go ahead. I don't know. You tell me how many games played does John Tavares play? Right now. Yes, that's why I said 769. All right. How many points does he have? 723. (laughs) He already has more than Chris Kunitz. How many playoff playoff games? No, no, no. Don't pull that on me. There are players players in the Hockey Hall of Fame who haven't even won a Stanley Cup. Don't even compare Chris Kunitz and John Tavares. How many playoff games has John Tavares won? Has he won? Has he played in? You won. How many? 31. Oh, okay, so let me read you some numbers of our Chris Kunitz here. Don't throw playoff numbers at me, man. That that doesn't mean anything. No one talks really? about playoff. Really? Yes. All right. No well, one, when was the minute. last time you talked about playoff numbers? With I, didn't, I didn't know Patrick Waugh winning three cons mice didn't mean anything anymore. That's not what I said. I didn't know that Chris Kunitz... A World Cup silver medalist, a gold medal at the Olympics, a a a a four time Stanley Cup champion. Okay, what teams? Did, wait, wait, wait. What, what teams did he play? Points. No, no. What teams did he play on? The Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Hive Ducks. Oh, so how? Who did he win the cups with? With himself and the winners. He's a winner. How many cups did he win with Pittsburgh? Three. Who was also on that team? Uh, Alex, who scored Cindy the goal? Crosby. Uh, no, no, no. Who scored the goal that got I them past the sense? It was oh Christopher Kunitz. Oh. It was Chris Kunitz who got the game winner versus the Sens. Game seven overtime, Eastern Conference Finals. Chris no Kunitz. No one else has this argument. No I, one else has this argument. I'm just saying that a winner like Chris Kunitz should have his own little spot in the Hall of Fame. At the age of 29, John Tavares is 29. You're going to compare him to Chris Kunitz. Yes. John Tavares hasn't even hit 1,000 games. So when he does, because he will, hit 1,000 games, how many points does he have? Uh, Depends. Uh, I don't care how many cups. Oh, my God. Here we go. You and your cups. There's players in the Hockey Hall of Fame right now without a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I know. So what's the point you're trying to make? Uh, Chris Kunis is a better claim to the Hall of Fame than John Tavares does. You're so wrong. Well, Alex, 
in time so many for, ways. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rico the Bye Bye Week. Alex, what is your week? You what is your read of the week so far? I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, well while you're doing that, I tried to find something good, but unfortunately, uh, it's all been Toronto stuff. So I actually managed to find Rick Dalawal, his diary about Kevin BX's job options, kicking tires on Tyson Berry, and an update on Oli Ulevi, some stuff on the Canucks, about um, a high draft pick they had in uh, Oli Ulevi a few years ago, I believe sixth overall, had some injury troubles. So just a nice little uh, read. Kevin BX, uh, whatever he wants to do, he can do. I hope he ends up being on TV, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, so that's what's going on in Vancouver, and that is my week of the bye week. Alex? Your read of the bye week. Yeah. Uh, my read of the bye week isn't about the Leafs. Uh, it's about Eric. Du- we talked about him last week. Eric Duat Duhacek. Yes. I'm sorry if I said his name wrong. It's about uh, how new wave Chaika and old school talk it make it work with the Coyotes. Oh, I saw that. I would highly suggest going and reading that from the Athletic. I almost, uh, I almost chose that one myself. Uh, but I didn't. Well, Alex, it's time to get into the main segments of the show. Starting off, the St. Louis Blues have lost Sammy Blay, former Habs fan. He was again. Minimum 10 weeks wrist surgery. I get your pain. They've already lost Alex Dean. They've already lost Vladimir Tarasenko. They've brought back fan favorite Troy Brower uh, after signing a PTO. Remember Troy Brower? Remember, do you remember the series they had where they beat Chicago in seven and Troy Brower got the game winner? No, I don't. The the best playoff series I've ever watched. I was able to watch it because Montreal didn't make the playoffs that year. But, yeah, the Blues just decimated by injuries. But they still are on top of the Central Division. 33 points, 14 wins. Listen, I have their team up. I really think that the goalie, the goalies, well, mainly Bennington, is standing on his head. Nine, 9.25 save percentage. Uh 2.23 goals against average. You look at their forward specifically, it is not looking fun. You have you have Tyler Bozak on your first line. Hey. You have Zach Sanford playing on the third line, and your fourth line is I don't even know what that is. It's <laughs> Mackenzie Mackenzie I can't say his name. I'm sorry. Mackenzie McCurran. I'm sorry. Jacob De La Rose and Troy Brown. Troy Brower. Oh, you know who would really help the Blues right now? Who? I think a certain uh, Robbie Fabry would look really good in the St. Louis Blues right now. He would look good, but then they wouldn't have Jacob De La Rose. So, so. Uh, I believe you pronounced pronounce that Mackenzie McEachern. McEachern. Okay. So, I was thinking that the. St. Louis Blues may be looking to bring another forward in. Or they could potentially bring up Jordan Cairo. Ooh, that's a good one. That, I thought, might be their next step. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily looking to bring in another forward at all. But we'll have to see because Tarasenko's out for a while. Sammy Blaze out for 10 weeks. And Steen, I think, uh, is going to be reevaluated in three, two or three weeks. So they're not, it doesn't seem like they're having many issues because they're still sitting at the top of the Central Division. 
Their defense is fully healthy, which is really big for them. That is huge for them. I mean, it's Carl Gunnarsson, Alex Petrangelo, Jay Bomey, Sir Colton Pareko, and Vince Dunn, and Justin Falk. That is very good. Quite good. Now, we haven't heard much about Alex Petrangelo and the contract. We know that the the team and the agent have talked, but we haven't heard much else other than that. What do you think happens with Alex Petrangelo? Uh, I I just don't want him. He's one of those players that I look at him and God, would it look weird if he was anywhere else? But I'm looking at their caps. They have, you notice how some teams have no cap space this year? There's like 11 of them. If they do bring him back, then it will be at the cost of Jay Bowmeister. How big a cost is that? And he would have to take well, because apparently is they want to give him the Ekman Larson deal, eight point two five around there, and he uh, wants Eric Carlson, Brent Burns. That's, that's now, cute. Now they meet in the middle, which, by the way, Eric. But if you really think about it, how good a deal is now, John Carlson OEL at that eight million dollars. But it, 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 they're gonna have to meet. If they meet at the middle, then they can get it done. But then they have no room for anyone what's else. What's the What's the middle? Ten. Nah. I. I don't think he gets nine. He gets like ten million dollars. Well, think about it. It's his. He's been there his whole career. They've won a cup. They they want to keep everyone together. If I'm him, I mean, it's a great place to live. There's lots of rinks. You're, you're all your buddies are there. I mean, I would love to see a free agent frenzy when everyone tries to give him all the money in the world, and even he gets a stupid contract. But uh, I was high pitched. I'm sorry. But I just um, I, I I want him to stay there. Mainly because I don't want the Leafs to, to get him by chance. The Leafs are not getting Alex Petrangelo. Hey, never we'll, say we'll, never. We'll get into that in the Leafs uh, talk because I have a couple things to say. Okay, but do you not find it a tad speculative, uh, not spe- uh, tad cautious that they brought in Justin Falk and then extended him right away? Uh, it, it, it's smart. Because then it puts pressure on Petrangelo to say, all right, I dare you to leave. And and again, there's no such thing as too many right-handed defensemen. You're telling me that if, like that he wouldn't leave? He'd go get If he hit the open market, he'd get more money than what he'd get in St. Louis. Yes, but there's more to just, than just money. If John Tavares wanted more money, he goes to San Jose. Right? There's It's more than just money. And I get it, you know. If you add it up, there's like another $10, $20 million somewhere else, then maybe that persuades you. But uh, I think it's 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 it, it's saying something that we haven't heard anything because it, it sounds like it's all but a given that Taylor Hall's gone from New Jersey. But uh, I, I'm not ready to say anything yet. But, you know, I, I think if I, if we're going to put in certain phrases, I think this, the front runners to get Alex Petrangelo is the St. Louis Blues. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. mean, there's not, nothing. Much, there's not a lot else to say about the St. Louis Blues. I mean, they're literally the, the top of the Central Division. I don't think that's anything's going to change any anytime soon. And if they bring, if they get players back, it's just like a, a like a new acquisition. <laughs> like they're yeah. just adding a better player for nothing. 
Yeah, that, that that those players will be their trade deadline acquisitions. Yeah, that's if uh, Tarasenko's back by the trade deadline. Hey, you know what? It's at the longer he goes, the more cap space they have thanks to LTIR. That is true. That is true. Uh, so, do we want to move on to? We were kind of flirting with the fact of tra- of Alex Petrangelo leaving. There's another player that we also teased about leaving, and we want to talk about some trades. So, do you want to talk about Taylor Hall? So, Taylor Hall will not be a New Jersey Devil by the end of the year. <laughs> Friedman kind of said it without saying it on Thirty One Thoughts, didn't he? Yeah. Listen, we heard that they met the the uh, Darren Ferris. Uh, Hall's agent and that the team met at a pizza joint <laughs> that's that literally kind of says it all um, so I, I and it's not like the season's getting any better for the New Jersey Devils I really think unless Ray Shiro has a move that he's about to make that really is just bringing in a goalie at this point, or something, I would get rid of Taylor Hall and say, you know what, Alexis Lafreniere would be really nice. Um, I have a being, being Taylor's replacement. I have five teams that could be potential trade destinations. Do, would would one, you like to? Would one what? Would one happen to be the Nashville Predators? Yes, actually. So I have Montreal as my first team, but I think we'll save Montreal for uh, when you start talking about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, keep that in mind because I've been hearing more and more stuff and it's quite interesting. My second team is the Colorado Avalanche. Not fair. Now, here's why. The Colorado Avalanche are a very good team. Are they? <laughs> very good. They have They have some rookie who's pretty good. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, really? Because every time they mention rookies, it's not like Colorado Avalanche fans. You're like, yeah, talk about Kale. <laughs> Kale McCarr. <laughs> what a good name, eh? Kale. Like, oh, sorry, I don't mean to derail the show. But, like, can we talk about how awesome a name Kale McCarr is? Great name. Oh, sorry. Go on, Alex. Yeah, the the Colorado Evans are a decent team. They're they're a pretty good team. Now they're missing they're missing uh, Landeskog and Rantanen right now. Uh, if you can find out for me how long they're going to be out for. Uh, yeah, sure, guy. Oh wait, I do know for a fact off the top of my head, there's a chance Rantanen is back next week. I saw okay. Colorado put out, but I'll look up Landeskog quickly. Either way. Wouldn't it be nice for the Colorado Avalanche to strengthen their top six? No. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> Not only do are the Colorado Avalanche a good team right now, the Colorado Avalanche also have good prospects. Could you? Uh, would by you the not, way, uh, yeah. just just a quick thing: Landeskog is meeting with doctors today. Okay. Would this okay? So we know the first line is Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen. Gross. How would you think of a second line of Taylor Hall, Nazem Kadri, and let's say Jonas Donskoy? 
Uh, <laughs> um, I, it's, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? That's pretty good. That's a deadly line. That's a deadly top two. Top two lines. Now, what would it take to get Taylor I think. <laughs> I think you penciled the Colorado Avalanche into uh, the Stanley into the Cup, Cup final. final. For yes. sure. Yes. What does it take? What will it take to get Taylor Hall out of New Jersey? A first round pick, for sure. I don't even um, think that's a question. Yeah, I would. I'm see. I'm trying my best. I think they try their damnness to make the piece going the other way be at least Trevor Timmins, Connor Con- Timmins. Connor sorry. Timmins. No, I'm thinking of Trevor from Montreal again. Sorry. I know that for sure, but that if you're New Jersey, do you want a forward or would you rather want a defenseman? Because you know for a fact, Kale McCarr is a no-touch. I would be amazed if they were to think about giving up Bowen Byram. No, they're not. No way that's that's possible. So, I don't know who else is. If they want a defenseman, maybe even Eric Johnson, but then he's got a lot of term and some money in there. So I, I don't know. I don't know a lot about the system, like the guys they've got in there. But if you're Colorado, I think I'd just say you have all of my picks for the next two years because I'm going to be good. And I'll give you Connor Timmins too. I think it starts with Connor Timmins in a first. And if, if, it re- if he resigns, what, what would you add on if he resigned? Um, I'd give another first and a second. <laughs> Because oh. I've you're you are getting no you're guaranteeing them to get a, like a, a good couple cup runs out of that because after this year you still have Nathan McKinnon at three more years at that dumb contract you still have Kadri at two years at his dumb contract. This like, this is disgusting. It's like Just when the Ducks got. It. It's like when the Ducks got Pronger. It's like listen, you give me what I want because I'm giving you the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Oh God. Just just thinking about it. So what? So Colorado. Who else do you got here? Uh, the Nashville Predators. Who are uh, who we have not talked about, but uh, they have not been good. They have not been doing too well. No. Now since they're going to be out with without sorry Victor Arvinson for the next four to six weeks, thanks to thanks to one Mister Robert Bertuzzo, mm. adding a player like Taylor Hall might be quite interesting. I don't know where he'd fit in. I, I'm not sure if he you throw him on your first line or if you can fit him in on your second line. With Duchesne and Granlund. But that Hold would on, be... I'm just getting daily face-offs up to get a that sense That would what. be quite deadly. I just... Okay, so I'm just looking at their 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 top six right now. And the fact that... I'm going to check their injuries that because of Victor Arvidsson being out, Daniel Carr is, uh, is penciled for that second line. Now, could you imagine they get Arvidsson back? And the top six is somehow Forsberg, Arvidsson, either and then Duchesne, Johansson, Grayland, instead of Yarncroke, you throw in Taylor Hall. My dear God. Oh, that's disgusting. That is uh, that is not fun. Is Kyle Turris scratched? He he is. 
Oh, my God. Question. Do you think that... Sorry? Perhaps... Do you think perhaps the Nashville Predators might throw Kyle Turris in that deal as a reclamation project for the Nashville Devils? Nashville... No, sorry. New Jersey Devils. Oh, you know what, dude? He His best years were in the East... He needs a new start. The Devils will have the cap space. I mean, they have they already have some great centermen, but I mean, Travis Zajac, you're gonna try and move that contract because that's too much money. I mean, I could see it. I could see that working. I really do think what like a first. Ellie Tolvanen's definitely going in there. I mean, he's not as good as I think everyone thought he was going to be, but also if you're the Devils, you probably think, hey, why not? Um, Dante Fabro, I just want to shout, has been good. So I was wrong about that. Whatever. I mean, besides that, it's not like they have anyone else they really want to give up. No, they don't. Okay. I have a couple crazy, crazy ideas. Yeah? The The first one is the New York Islanders. And the reason this is crazy is because they're in the same division. But... It's known that the Islanders are willing to give up their first-round pick. Uh, It's been reported that they're looking at uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot from the Ottawa Senators, who has been quite good this November, and only only this November. Um, (laughs) just, Just saying. So let's say that. Do you think the Islanders make a swing at Taylor Hall, or do you think that just that's just too out of whack? I mean, it's Morello, dude. <laughs> no, I'm talking from the Devils side because the Devils and the Islanders, same division, uh, quite close to each other, right? Well, New York well, well, and the, well, let me, New Jersey. Well, let, me, let me stop you there. If they are trading Taylor Hall, then that is it. You are admitting you're a garbage and you are retooling this, this. This, I'm trying not to swear besides the cancer part. Or um, then you're throwing in the towel. So I don't think you give a damn if he's going to the Islers, Islanders because I, it's going to be for that year. I, I don't see Hall. Hall strikes me as the kind of guy, if he gets traded, he's going. It's been evident for years that he's going to try out free agency. Yeah, but that's because of his agent. Yeah. But well, don't forget, Taylor Hall set the quote himself. At like a golf tournament or something, so I I could I could see if I'm the Devils, I'm not worried about him resigning there. And even even if it's a good thing because he's gonna like completely show you in goals and that, and you want to be bad for a few years. So, well, because you think about it, they almost got Artemi Panarin, so they are they are digging for a top guy, right? I mean, they signed Anders Lee to whatever the hell they they signed him to. Uh, I still don't understand why they oh, signed I, Anders Lee. Could you imagine one day if Barry Trotz, they had Hall and they had uh, Matt Barzell and they finally told Barzell, hey, go do your thing. Like they finally take the defensive leash off of him. On to Sorry, to who? If they finally took the defensive leash off of Matt Barzell. And okay, you got so who Taylor would the- Hall. So who would the line be? Hall, Barzal? And it doesn't matter. It does not matter at that point. But you want someone defensive on that line. 
No, nah, you left the rest of the team and your good goaltending figure out. Hell, you that's want true. That's true. What? Yeah, that's no, 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 no. I know who you put on there. You put on noted tough guy Leo Komarov. Stop it. Or Matt Stop Martin. It. Or Stop Cal Clutterbug. Stop it. But it doesn't matter. That's a team. They're not Connor that's... McDavid. Okay, I'm that's... sorry. Anyway, They're not going to get. That's a line, dude. That doesn't need defense because they're going to have the puck the entire time. No, yeah, no, I get what you're saying, but they're not Connor McDavid. They're not going to make Matt Martin look good. I know, but I'm I'm pissing around there. Like Josh Bailey's good. They're having there, but I'm just saying, like, like that. That we've never really seen Matt Barzell be Matt Barzell since his rookie year because of the system the Islanders play. Nothing against him. He plays it well and still puts up 70 points, you know? Yeah. So, my last team, and this one I think you might get a little upset at. I it's not. It's not, the, it's not the Leafs. It's not the Leafs. It's not okay. the Leafs. I didn't even yeah. put the Leafs on this list. I don't even think it's a possibility. <laughs> it's, okay. the, it's the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay, I thought you were about to say Tampa, and I was gonna hang up. On oh, you. <laughs> no way, no way! I put Tampa on this list. Sorry, but the Pittsburgh say, Penguins. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I know Crosby's out for six weeks. They don't have the money. They can send some money out. Who? Well, I just, I, I just, I assume Patrick Hornquist is probably part of that deal. I would no, I would I would actually say Galchenyuk because four point nine. Um, you know, he hasn't been performing quite well. The the Devils would like to try and get a forward back, I assume. Maybe. Okay, so I'll so Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah, rip. And rip. and let's see. And then you throw in a prospect and two picks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's possible. Like the the cap there there'd have to be some work done, but, but LTIR right they lost they lost they lost Falcon for a month they're missing Crosby for a bit plus Latang's Latang spends like half a year on they're it not, anyway, none of so. none of them are on IR uh oh uh out no, none of them are in LTIR sorry they're yeah. just on injured reserve never mind okay good job Pittsburgh did they trade Jack Johnson yet. Nope, just Eric oh. and Branson. Cool. Good job, brother. All right, then. Shall we move on to the next segment, then? Enough with yes. Taylor until... So, Dallas, six-game win streak again. And Killing they just it. got Rupe Hintz and John Klingberg back, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. Like they look good. good. They look good. They look very good. Well, I like it. Western Conference. They have moved up and they're second in the Central Division. Are St. Louis and Dallas a lock for a, a a playoff spot, a divisional playoff spot? I think the Blues, the Stars, and once Colorado are healthy, are yes. The Stars are 9-0-1 in their last 10. Dude. Wow. Oh, by the way, we forgot to mention the Islanders finally lost in regulation. Moving on, because who cares about what? the Islanders? When? Um, when did they yeah. lose in regulation? Uh, oh. It happened a thing ago. I can't remember, but I remember hearing it. It it came to an end finally. They what? Actually, I'm wrong. Never mind. No, Wait, they what? haven't. God damn it. I thought I saw that. They talked Adam. about the Steve Dangle. Oh, I just, I just like, 
I just looked at their last turn. It's still 8 0 2. This team. This team. They lost an OT to the Sharks already. They still haven't lost in regulation. I don't get this team, man. Barry Trotz is like a master. He's a wizard. He's a wizard. Their goalie coach is a wizard. Oh, my God. Yeah. We didn't hoot that semi for a long time. Alex. Yes. I was wrong. Wait, say that again. I was wrong. I just wanted to hear you say it. The Islanders are good. And by the way, they have four games in hand over the Capitals. They're only three points behind. Oh, God. What are the chances they win the uh, President's Trophy? I know we're 20 games in. I don't give a damn about the President's Trophy, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, but that'd be something for I mean, great. The console, no, because if you win the presidents, you're not winning the cup. That is true. That that hasn't happened in a while. <laughs> By the way, uh, hi, Dallas Stars. Sorry we forgot about you there, but uh, yeah, you're good. Thank God. Took Killing you long it. enough. Me, Miro Heiskin's decent. Rupe Hands is decent. Jamie Ben's yeah. decent. Ben well, Bishop is listening again. I guess they're not horse poop again. They are not. I mean, hey, the the season is eighty two games played, but uh, yeah, that is true. The season is eighty two games. What else do you want to talk about when it comes to Dallas? No, that's it. All right, good for Dallas, eh? All right, Alex. There's a lot to unpack here now. Um, we've got Montreal. We've got Toronto. One is good. One is bad. But one is good with some juiciness around a former coach, a former player of his who was tweeting, and a Rachel Doria Fred that I want to get to that uh, is very interesting to me. You're so not mad at you Are you go? mad at Rachel Doria? No, I'm not mad at Rachel okay. Doria. I love her. You know I have a magic crush. I just, crush I just wanted to make people. sure you understood uh, what was going on. Let's talk no. about the Montreal Canadiens. All right. Cool. Let's talk about the lads. So they lost okay. again to the New York Rangers. Four straight losses. In and they lost a what four nothing lead. They blew a four nothing lead. Yes. Now you know what it feels like. I do. They How blew do- a lead against the Sens. They blew. A, they've had the lead in all four of these losses. Now is this? Because they lost Jonathan Juan and Paul Byron. Uh, Alex, it's because they're 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 not good in their own zone. Uh, it has nothing to do with Byron and Juan. Yes, is there clearly something missing? Of course, but Jonathan Juan is not the best two way player in the world. He tries, <clears throat> and neither is Paul. By- Paul Byron is a penalty killer, but he is not. The penalty killer has not been the problem. Claude Julien said the best they have been soft defensively. So we recorded last Wednesday. Last that's the last time we recorded. What has changed? Because last Wednesday, I'm pretty you were quite happy. So what's changed in the way they're playing between last week and today? Well, at first it was simply that you lost to Columbus in a game that should you have won it? Yes, but you lost, and it was after they had beaten Columbus the Tuesday prior, so it was a bit of a wash there. You're happy. Earlier in that week, though, they had lost to the Devils in PK, and probably the worst game I've watched this season, maybe second to last night. 
But that was also because the refs were a joke. Montreal didn't deserve to win. That was just a terrible effort overall. But then they have these back-to-back games against the Sens and the the, uh, the Blue Jackets where, honestly, they played a fantastic 40 minutes, but they couldn't close out the last 20. And then you all of a sudden get to the game against the Rangers. Now, the shortcomings are also there was laziness by the forwards in the game versus the Ottawa Senators. There was the total kerfuffle that Tatar and Suzuki weren't getting back. And it's just their defense is such a problem. And what really turns this away, Alex, is I said it earlier. They were losing games they should have won. And it's, it's just kind of it's come down on them. Okay. They it's it's a disaster. They're playing the same way. They're high scoring. They're fantastic at even strength. Their power play they can't finish on. They cannot wait for Cole Caulfield to be ready, dude. It's just oh. such a problem. Okay, so I have a question. Yes. Do you think so they sit second in the division right now and they've been kind of comfortable there for the last couple of weeks, let's say, right? Yeah. Yeah, probably two weeks. Yeah. Do you think that they're kind of happy with where they are and they've just kind of been rolling along and now it's biting them in the ass because we know that the NHL is quite competitive um, because there's quite a bit of parity. Do you think that they're kind of just rolling along and not actually being competitive like they were up until that point? Well, the the problem is yesterday is they were competitive, but then the moment they got for nothing, they got comfortable. So yes, that it seems to be that second period onwards to that game is their season that they got too comfortable and they let it slip away. They are getting complacent. Yes, they have two games in hand over the the Leafs are at a point ahead, but the Leafs are turning on and the Habs are losing. And now they're missing two important players. And unless they really pull something together here, it's a problem. So are they coasting a bit? I would say they are. Do you think that this is something that can be fixed internally? uh, Or are you looking at Mark Bergevin to go out and acquire someone? Uh, well, first of all, I think there's a big issue when it comes to... Do they need to make a trade? Yes, and it sounds like Mark Bergevin has. And the big thing is they need help on defense, and it needs to be a left-handed defenseman. But the problem is this defenseman needs to work both ends of the ice. Um, to be Actually, you know what? To be honest... If I I think it just needs to be a competent defenseman who's good in his own zone and can maybe make a good player too. It doesn't need to be Shane Gosis Bear right now. The big problem is when you really at first I was going to say no, he doesn't need to make one, but there also needs to be some 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 change of Claude Julian because you know who was quarterbacking the line at the power play in last night's game. Who was that? It was Charles Houdon and Mike Riley on the respective power play. Units. Now, okay. Victor Mete was not playing the power play, Alex. Do Does he usually play he... power play? Does this he usually play? No, but when he was on the World Juniors team, he was doing it there and looking great. And he has not been given the chance to, which is funny because his head coach, who was on that power, who ran that power play, was Dominic Ducharme, who is Montreal's assistant coach. Now, he does not run the power play. That was Kirk Muller, the same guy who ran the second-worst one last year. 
But it just feels like they're not using their weapons appropriately. They're using the right because you know how normally Weber is open on the right side. Yeah. Well, they're they're just they're not using that side of the ice more. Last night they were just they kept working it down low on the right side of the ice. They weren't using the full thing of it. So, and that's the point I'm making here is is there needs to be like more usage of a guy like a Jake Evans or maybe hell you need to give Ryan Paling another call up or if there's a trade to be made then make it. I I, I can't tell you but. Everyone is to blame right now, Alex. I will tell you that. Okay, I want to go on the point about about a trade because I have some I have some things written down. Now, in the past, we've seen that or we've heard that Mark Bergevin doesn't really like to big it, bring in the big name rentals. Am I wrong? Like, is that a fair assessment? That and free agency, yeah, he doesn't like doing that. So we're you'd expect him to want to bring in a player with some type of term, whether it be two, three, four, etc. Uh, years left. Now you brought mentioned to bring in another left-handed defenseman. Yes. What? Pl- if you had a player in mind, what player would that be? Uh. I don't know why I wanted to say this guy, but for some reason I wanted to say Victor Hedman, but wouldn't we all like a Victor Hedman? Yes, I'd love Victor Hedman on my team. See, I like TJ Brody, but the problem is you just don't know his health, but then the same time, he's a UFA. I don't know who that magical defenseman who's great in two-way and has tournaments. That's the problem. Well, there's a lot of talk at the beginning of the year, and I know... Not so much anymore uh, in Mark Edward Vlasic. Now, I know he's been a ghost of himself, and we've been talking, we've talked about it uh, a couple times. If they make a trade for Mark Edward Vlasic, do you think, number one, do you think a change of scenery helps Vlasic? And number two, is that what would Vlasic work on this team? Vlasic. I would a change of scenery. So you know what's funny? Whenever Mark Edward Vlasic and the Sharks are in Montreal, there's always a loud ovation because obviously he's from Quebec and he and lots of French players come to Montreal, but it's always special with him. And would he help? Yes. The only issue I have with Mark Edward Vlasic is he is 32 and he makes seven million dollars till the end of cap friendly, and that is not what this team needs. Right. Because I, that's my have, that's my issue. So you don't, because I'm try, I'm trying to think of players that Montreal would want. Because we know that there's quite a few left-handed defensemen, right? For some reason, there's just a whole bunch of them. Yes. But one that could help the Montreal Canadiens in their two-way game. I can't see. I'd go with Shane Goss to Spear, but I don't know how good he is two-way. Maybe you rely on the Toronto school of thought that you have this – you try and have the puck as much as possible and you keep it out the other end. Are you looking for someone to play with Shea Weber or is it just someone to add into your top four? I think it's top four because so far it's been a mix that now Mete has played with Jeff Petrie. 
And it's and it's nothing, of course, on Weber. Weber has been fantastic this year. So I think it's just a general top six because they like to alternate Sherrod and Mete depending on the team. So it, it, I think it's it's a solid top four defenseman that can play on your penalty kill and maybe not quarterback your power play. That's what I used to think that they needed. But now I just think it's a general, a solid two-way defenseman that maybe is better in his own end than he is the other one. That's what how, I want. How it about some... popular, but... How about someone like Nick Letty? I have wanted Nick Letty on this team for such a long time. Such a long time. Now we know how uh, great the Islanders' defense have been. So I can't imagine it being easy to pry Nick Letty out of New York. What, What do you think it would take to get rid of, not get rid of, sorry, to bring in Nick Letty. Well, first of all, Montreal have many draft picks, so that's their first thing that's going. Then it, 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 I would assume it would be one of the Montreal center prospects. And I, I would, the way Suzuki has emerged on this team, I think Ryan Paling's one of the pieces going the other way. And I have come to accept Ryan Paling might be someone who was traded. Or a Lucas Vage Gemmo. But Paling's probably going to has the like the higher offside of those guys. Okay. Or Carl Olsner. Stop it. <laughs> I, I saw you commented on our Instagram page. Yeah. You had Goudreau for Carl Olsner. Please. Yeah, because it would work. You Please. had now you were talking about Taylor Hall. Yeah. Why, and- why are you giving me false hope? No, I'm not giving you false hope. That was actually my next question. What would it take? Because we know that Bergevin doesn't like to bring in rentals. But this is a different type of rental. The la- We saw it with John Tavares. John Tavares didn't even get traded. When was the last time we saw a player of Taylor Hall stature go to the deadline and not and then not end up signing with his team? I believe it was uh, Kevin Shattenkirk. Like we know, we know that Taylor Hall is not signing in Montreal. I I wouldn't say that for sure. Wait, what did I say? That he's not signing in Montreal. I meant New Jersey. I'm sorry. Oh I yes, yes. Myself. No, he he's not signing. I in confused New myself. So in New Jersey, mm-hmm. we knew we had no idea what John Tavares was doing at the time. I didn't know if he was going to be a Leaf. I thought he was going to be an Islander. Yeah. So I guess the Tavares situation was a little bit different. What does it take Mark Bergevin t- to say screw it? I'm bringing in a rental. Well, a He's not having a good year, but Hall is a goal scorer, which is exactly what they needed on the power play. So I don't know if if this team is in a great position and then Bergevin says, all right, let's do this. But if you're Mark Bergevin, I feel like if he tries to get Taylor Hall, it's going to be in January, February, rather than the end of February and the deadline. That's just the way I think he would work. And, I mean, what do they give up? Well, it's a first and a second for sure. Maybe even two seconds because they have to. And Paling maybe around there too, but oh, I think Paling for sure. Yeah, for sure. And if Montreal resigns him, what do they get? Uh, I think Mark Bergeron just said, "I, I don't, 
They're oh, gonna that's if a tough if one. if he resigns in Montreal, he's they're gonna have to give something up. I'll give you a second and three fourths. A second and three fourths. No, it's probably gonna be a, another first or a second. Probably right. a first if they're going off the Eric Carlson one. Okay. But I mean, yeah, it's yeah, and then guess who Montreal have to try and write this ship against tomorrow? Who? The Boston Bruins. Oh, that's fun. So yeah, that's that's it that's going on in Montreal right I now. I have one other question for you though. Since you now you that are. you brought up Taylor Hall. Yeah. Taylor Hall's agent is one Mr. Darren Ferris. Yep. Same as Victor Mete. Now, we yes, Victor Mete. We know that Victor Mete's contract is up at the end of the year and he's going to be an RFA. Yes. What does his contract look like? See, and, you know and sorry. One sec- and and my second question. When does Victor Mete threaten to go to uh Europe? Um honestly, if Victor Mete isn't signed for next October, I won't be surprised, but honestly, He's not making. He's making three point five for a few years. That's what Victor Mete is right now. Uh, especially if they don't play him on the power play. Well, maybe he'll bring it up in negotiations. I don't know. But honestly, if it's like three years, three point five, or what's something that takes him to like his last year of our, I see because he's only twenty one too. I forgot how young he is. It's it would be a bridge or something along the lines of maybe what Travis Dermott's gonna get. Uh, I I am not. I'm being by like I think it's fair to say Victor Mete has a bigger upside than Travis Dermott, mm-hmm. but it's just you know that the way he is at his age, his contract. It would if it's more than three point five or three point seven, then it's a problem. But the way he is in his career right now, it's three point seven, maybe three four years. <clears throat> and yeah, he's he won't be signed until. September at the earliest, I promise you now. And it's going <laughs> to suck. So what European team will he threaten to go to? Uh, so he's Italian, so what's the th- closest one to Italy, I wonder? Uh, maybe I'll go to the Italian league. And No way. It has to be way, semi-decent. And we have to also look forward to Max Domi. That'll be fun. He had two goals last night. But no, we're going to put the... Oh, my God. They kept putting the fourth line out there for double shifts afterwards. Lekkinen and Domi had two goals each, but no. Anyway, oh god. Adam, That's- I wanted to I wanted to say this earlier, but you, uh, I didn't want to upset you. But since we're done the Montreal conversation, how yeah. the tables have turned. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, want to just get the Babcock stuff out the way so you can just be happy I- about your team. I was actually hoping to leave the Babcock. I wasn't too upset about the Bab like. It pissed me off, but I just want to get a couple things out the way. Sure. Go ahead. Yes, your team. So, uh, yeah, you guys keep winning now that Sheldon Keith, Tyson Berry scoring goals. How does it feel, Alex? It feels pretty good. Like, who knew Tyson Berry could play offense? Everyone except Mike Babcock. Everyone. No, no, there's more than just Mike Babcock. Everyone except Mike Babcock and everyone who loved Mike Babcock. Hey, listen, I love Mike Babcock, but you get what you get the type of people I'm talking about. Yes. Right? Okay. I don't know if you've seen the video, but there is video today of Kyle Dubas recording Sheldon Keefe's first practice. I saw that. I thought that was so funny. He's a proud dad, even though he's younger than him. Yeah. Have you seen the locker room video? 
The one of Tavares being like, all right, boys, well, this is where we start. Yeah. Coach, yeah. yeah, I have. Yeah, no, that was nice, but that's not what scarred me for life. It was Tavares dancing. John Tavares was bobbing his head to rap music and he's, smiling. He's such a dad. Huh? What? He's such a, yeah, he's a, he's weird. What? I've never seen this man do that in my life. <laughs> that was that was like that scared me. Is it not funny how quickly the things have turned? I have a I have a I have a statistic for you from Mr. James Myrtle. This came out after uh, Babcock was fired. Source, about 90% of the Leafs were relieved to see Mike Babcock go. Mm. Now, here are some notes I took from the last couple of games. Players actually look like they care. Matthews and Tavares have been playing over 20 minutes a game. But the team isn't perfect. The one area that I see the team uh, struggle in is playing without the puck in their own zone. And I think this was an issue before Sheldon Keefe, but they're playing so di- they're playing so much better or they have been. It's only been two games. They've been they've been playing so much better with the puck in in their own zone with the puck in the other zone, without the puck, in the neutral zone, et cetera, et cetera. But they continue to have issues in their own zone, especially right in front of the goalie. Now, Michael Hutchinson was recalled this afternoon. Uh, Kasky Swell was sent down. I think the thing is with Michael Hutchinson is I'm not 100% on Michael Hutchinson. I think he will do better in front of the t- in front of the team that is there now because they're playing differently, they're playing better, but because they're still they still need to improve without the puck in their own zone. I don't know how better it's going to be. Uh today was Keith's first full practice with the Leafs, so I don't exactly know what he's going to implement. Uh, what his plans are and I don't know how fast it's going to be that what he does is implemented in game but I think it will look better when they win the game how nice is it that you finally get to see what the Toronto Maple Leafs were always supposed to be it's pretty exciting especially since I get to see like a an actual right-handed defenseman play because it's been an absolute horror watching Cody Cece and Ron Hainsey wasn't right-handed and Nikita Zaitsev was Nikita Zaitsev. So it's nice to see a good right-handed defenseman. No offense to Justin Hall. He's been great, but he's Justin Hall. Uh, the one thing I really like about Sheldon Keefe is that he's willing to try different things. Uh, mainly Tyson Berry, I I think. I didn't get to watch the entire game on Saturday, but from what I saw on Thursday and, and the parts of Saturday is that Travis Dermott and Tyson Berry have been together quite a bit, but he's not afraid to put Tyson Berry with Morgan Riley which 
had been which there had been a lot of complaints of that we shouldn't do that because they're both not defensively sound. So it's nice to see that he's willing to try different things. He's also put Tyson Berry on the first power play unit, which he scored a goal on. It's, yeah, he's been scoring a lot lately, isn't it? Yeah, so it's nice to see that this team can actually play. That That's all the good stuff. Now, should we get to the inevitable bad stuff? Yeah. Do you, uh, uh, if you excuse sure. me, Alex, I'm gonna I'm gonna read some stuff to you. So, uh, hold on. Let me delete some photos here. So, this was this came out on Twitter a few days ago. Hem hem. One tale was related to us in the past few days that is said to have occurred in the 1617 season. This is from During, the Toronto Sun, right? Uh, yes. During the annual father's trip, Babcock was alleged to have asked one of the Leafs rookies to list the players on the team from hardest working to those who, in the eyes of the rookie, didn't have a strong work ethic. The rookie did so not wanting to upset his coach, but was taken aback when Babcock told the player who had been listed at the... Sorry, who had told the players who had been listed at the bottom. So he got M- Mitch Marner to say, hey, who doesn't work hard on this team? Mitch is like, oh, by the way, yeah, this is directed. Mitch Marner said, you know what? I don't want to piss off my coach. I'm going to do this. So Babcock got the list, went to these players and said, hey, you know, Mitch, he doesn't like you. Now, a lot has come out about this. And Babcock came out, apologized today about some of it. Uh, this, by the way, came out right after Steve Danger recorded his podcast, which is hilarious. Uh, Friedman came out to say earlier he reached out to Babcock and during via text, Mitch, I mean, sorry, uh, Mike said, I was trying to focus on work ethic with Mitch focusing on role models. Ended up not being a good idea. I apologized at the time. Then, also, they got a quote from Mitch saying, It was just surprising. I was lucky enough that the guys that were there with me, none of them took it to heart, and they knew it wasn't up to me. Now, may I read you the Rachel Dory, Rachel Dory thread? Well, I know the Rachel Dory thread. Do you, do you want to... Can we... Do you want to... For the listeners. Okay. So, it's from Rachel Dory. Former executive, before used to work for the New Jersey Devils... Of course, I have a massive crush on her. Who doesn't? Love listening to her talk about hockey. And, of course, has her own podcast. It's not as good as ours, but it's decent with Ian Graff. Not to burst anyone's bubble, but this kind of, in brackets, Babcock, stuff happens within front offices and dressing rooms all the time. It's awful, but it's more common than you think. My point is this is a massive issue within hockey. It isn't only Babcock. Other people, including front office personnel, do this. It is a culture issue, and it needs to be addressed. No one should have to deal with that. The other issue, there are definitely certain media members that knew about this and chose not to report it. They sat on it until Babcock was fired. This is the problem, too. There's a lot to unpack there, Alex. Listen, there's... Okay, so I know a lot of people went after her for saying because she said but it's more common than you think i that's what i saw a lot of um pushback on 
Sure, she didn't phrase it properly, but I think the general idea was there, right? That this happened, yes, and it's not right. I don't, in her first tweet, I don't see anywhere where she's saying it happened, it's not right, but it happens anyways. No, No one... I don't know where where people are getting it confused. I'd love to hear where people are getting it confused just for my own just to kind of understand what what's going on. But when I read it over, I got the idea that she's saying, "Listen, these things what happened with Mitch between Mitch Marner and Mike Babcock is not right, but it happens it it happens a lot more than people realize." I don't, I don't think get that, how people could have misunderstood this. I think you're a bit silly if you don't get what she's saying. I, Again, I, I, I like to I like to hear someone's perspective of of if they misunderstood it. So if anyone's listening and thought she said she was trying to say something else, please let us know what you thought she was trying to put across. Again, this is someone who has worked in an a- for an NHL team before. So she has a lot more insight to this kind of stuff than a lot of other people do. And and again, we what well, we, we're not talking about is... Uh, it's really scummy by Mac, Mike Babcock, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't want to get there yet. Because I have one other thing I'm not 100% on. What more? Sorry, you, you, you cut out there. I, I don't want to get to the Mike ba- like the specifics yet, like my opinions on Mike Babcock and the situation. I just wanted to – I just had one – not problem, just maybe kind of disagreement with one of the things she said in her, in her thread about, okay. the, about the media members. Now, I don't know if – let me pull it up. Let me pull up Ian Tullock's tweet. Now – the thing is, is I she she like if you can't prove it, I don't know if it's something you should. Here, okay, Ian says, I heard about this Babcock story when it happened, but I didn't want to bring it up until I can I could confirm it was true. That was Ian, wasn't it? That was Ian, her co-host on her podcast. So that's where I find it difficult to say. I don't know if that's something you bring up while he's working for the Leafs. And here's why. It's not be about being about being doing the right thing. And I and it's it's really bad to say, but at the end of the day, all these people need their connections inside the Leafs. And if you release a story like this while Babcock is coach, Imagine the backlash you get from the team. Uh, it's it's def it's that's tough. It's a it's a it's a line you have to like it's a it's a difficult line to cross. Well, we we went in, uh, it, it's it's a big argument when should somebody report on it or not, right? Mhm. Because obviously we had this, we didn't talk about it on the show, but the whole Anthony, I'm sorry, um, what was her name? De, uh, Andy from TSN. A- Andy Petrillo. Andy Petrillo and her thing about reporters shouldn't let Mike Babcock get away with the whole family thing. I disagree with that. 
And I mean, Alex, we're journalism students, and when you're in a big market like that, and you do have a source, I understand if you're not wanting to try and, you know, you want to toe the line with those people. You really don't want to say something wrong that's going to, that you know, that's going to cause a rift in that relationship. Like, Elliot Freeman talks about just the number of contacts he gets from writing an article for 31 mm. Thoughts and how destructive that stuff can be. Imagine if you're the person who reports on that. I get what Rachel's saying, and I do agree that, you know, should it be, is it wrong that they sat on it and waited, is it certain reporters until he was gone? Was that wrong? Yes, but then I understood that there were other people like Ian who wanted to wait or didn't want to damage relationships with people. It's a risk they have to take in some instances, but at the same time, I get if you don't want to, I wouldn't have reported if I knew. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult line, and it's whether you crossed it or not is touch and go. I for me. Now, since we're on the Babcock train, it's you didn't bring this tweet up, but this is a tweet from tweet from Darren Dreger. Uh, he had a text exchange with Babcock, who says he was focusing on role models and trying to work on Marner's ethic, work ethic at the time. Says it wasn't a good idea. He apologized to Mitch. Yeah. So there was something something about work ethic going on with Marner. I don't know what it is, but this is a tough. Like obviously, I don't agree with what he did. It's very. It's how you lose uh, trust in your players, it's how, right? This is uh, this is the text I just got while we were recording. Did you see the? This is from a Leafs fan, uh, someone I know. Did you see the Babcock Marner story today? What an egomaniac! I'm glad he's gone. And he goes. Honestly, though, the money got to him. He got a he got a god complex, and it was notice noticeable even for an outsider like me. It's been noted that, or it's not been noted. It's it's kind of known that he probably has the biggest ego in that room. Yeah. When John Tavares was named captain, that probably didn't mean a single thing. At the end of the day, Mike Babcock was the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs and has been the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs for the last four and a half years. That is a problem. Because I get and and there's all there's always been problems. No, there's not always been problems. Why is it that Mike Babcock twice had to go to Arizona to talk to Austin Matthews? That's a start. That's a con- already starting concern. This is a Travis Dermott interview from Saturday. He goes, the boys want to play for him uh, when he, he's talking about uh, Sheldon Keefe. He lets us play to our skill, and that's exactly what we needed. Do you see where the problem, where the problem is? Yes. He wants them to play a very specific way that the team is not suited to play. Kyle Dubas created this team in one vision. Mike Babcock wants to play this team with another vision. 
Can I ask you a question? Yeah. This was... Uh, Jeff Merrick try, kept trying to get this answer, and I wish somebody had just given him to him, because we all know what it is. He asked Justin Bourne, he asked Brian Burke, and he asked Anthony Stewart, was this team, Alex, built for Sheldon Keith? I Okay, because I, obviously I'm not an insider. On paper, it looks like it's built for Sheldon Keith, but... I don't know if Kyle Dup. The thing is, I don't know if Kyle Dubis thought in his head. You know what? No, I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna go with my gut. I think he built this team for Sheldon Keefe. Because why are you you paid Sheldon Keefe how much money to stay stay with this team? He's the highest paid coach in the AHL, or he was. The highest paid coach in the AHL, probably by a long shot, when he signed his contract extension. Why do you do that with a coach? Why wouldn't you let him walk? It was the same reason when we knew Lou Lamorello wasn't going to be the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it was between Mark Hunter and Kyle Dubas. I knew that Kyle Dubas was going to be the next Maple um, Next, next manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Why? Because they stopped him from going to Colorado. They stopped him from the interview. This team was built for Sheldon Keefe. Good. I just, Good. I don't, th- I don't think anyone can prove it though. And I don't think Sheldon Keefe. Uh, sorry, I don't think Kyle Dubas would admit it. Oh God, no. He's too much. He's too savvy for that. Now, I know you want to get to the Mike Commodore and Mark Frazier tweets, but I just wanted to bring up one point on the from the SDP again that I thought was interesting. He, so Adam uh, Adam Wild was trying to get the point across that Babcock needs to figure out why people don't like him, and we all know that's not going to happen. We know, okay. Mike Babcock is a stubborn guy. Mike ba- if Mike Babcock didn't change for this hockey team, like he's not going to go outside and figure it out himself. He doesn't care. He doesn't care what people think of him. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, you can say both. But Mike Babcock doesn't care what the people what people think of him. He's going to do what he's going to do. That yeah. I, Right? So that he didn't change, right? Remember, Kyle Dubas came out and said, everyone is going to be evaluated. Including Kyle Dubas. I thought that was a load of horse crap. I thought it was... I Thinking on it now, I think it's easy to say it was good that the Leafs kept Babcock because if Sheldon Keefe came in at the beginning of the season and they they didn't start as well, it would have been an absolute nightmare. Like, it would have been worse. You thought Toronto was bad now. Imagine Toronto without Mike Babcock. But at the same time, it would have been good to have Sheldon Keefe starting the season because then you can implement his style, and, and that goes on. Oh, God. This situation is so messy. Yeah, I, I personally I don't like listen. I don't like kicking people when they're down. 
and I'm not trying to. I guess I'm, I'm commenting on Mike Babcock, the coach, not Mike Babcock, the person, because from what from everything else I hear, Mike Babcock outside of hockey is a great guy. And then I have to see these tweets from former players, one who never played a game under Mike Babcock and the other whose career was quote unquote ruined by Mike Babcock. So uh, do you want to get into the Mike Commodore and Mark Frazier stuff? Uh, so I've only seen Commodore. I didn't see anything about Frazier. I didn't want to go into too much detail. I just wanted to point out that I get if you don't like somebody, Mike, Commodore, but uh, taking pictures of them when they're packing their stuff and putting it online is a bit much. No, it's it's freaking ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He, he's a... He, I don't... Uh, no, I mean to say this. Uh, Mike Commodore is a bit of a loser. Man, I, I get it. It's one thing uh, to not like someone, and it's another thing to hate them, but this is like next level. This is legitimately next level. I I don't I listen, I've never hated someone to the point that I would do something like go out and literally just rip him on Twitter. I I don't know. I like I just think it's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. And Mark Frazier, Mark Frazier who never played a game under Mike Babcock is out here defending Mike Commodore. Yeah, I get it. Mike Babcock wasn't wasn't your favorite person in the world. You never played a game for Mike Babcock. Leave it alone. Like it's, uh... it's simple as that. It's really simple as that. Like Mark Frazier, leave it alone. Mike Commodore, I get it. You hate the guy, but there's like there's lines. There's lines you cross, like you don't cross. Did you want to bring up anything else? I don't think so. Oh, I there is one thing I want. Oh, one thing I want to bring up: the Leafs play a game on Friday at four p.m. against Buffalo. Gross! <laughs> That's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Could you? Would you ever watch hockey if it was on at let's say nine a.m.? Probably. But that's because I have a problem. <laughs> it's because I love All hockey. Right. Well, Alex, uh, we have been recording for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, it's going to be a long episode. Oh, wow. Well, um, a lot's been going on. There's nothing new on Twitter. Um, except a tweet from the Game of Thrones account that just says, Winter is coming. Uh, and a lot of people are thinking that's a tease to George R. R. Martin's next book, which we all hope will come up. But anyway, if you enjoyed this podcast, you know what you have to do, loyal listeners of the show. You need to go over to wherever you do your ratings for your podcasts, and you need to like this podcast. You need to share. You need to subscribe. Rate all that stuff. Check us out on Instagram. Link will be there. Check out the Instagram page for the show as well as me and Alex's individual ones. Check out my videos if you want to hear me yell about the Montreal Canadiens. 
Again, new HFR will be up by the time you listen to this. Alex, anything else you want to say to the listeners? Nope. All right. Uh, stay cool, kids. And, uh, you know, Darcy Camper's a really good goalie. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Two on One podcast.